Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. Today is August 24th. This is episode 26. I'm John. That's Ian. Hey. Woo. And had, uh, had a hell of a day. <laughs> oh, I hump days, man. Uh, nah, anyways, work. work's the, a thing. <laughs> work is, in fact, a thing. Uh, today we're going to be talking about conspiracy. In today's episode, there's a conspiracy afoot. Episode 26. I episode 26. Yep. <laughs> like halfway through a year now. It's great. Hump day, man. Hump day. We'll ignore the fact that we released two episodes in our first week. Anyways, moving on. Shh. We're gonna it look. Was episode s- zero. <laughs> Nobody counts that. No one counts it. We're gonna talk about episode. Or we're gonna turn our eyes to the community first off, because first conspiracy that we're gonna talk about the rest of the episode is coming out on Friday, which is fantastic. We saw a lot of sweet spoilers from the weekend with the uh, with the seven in store previews. Yeah. Which I think was a great idea, by the way. I thought it was great, but the funny part, everyone's like, they're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was also really funny that um, people were, comp- well, I saw some people complain about it. I'm like, they can't do this for a standard set. This is the only set, literally the only style of set they could do this in. Well, I mean, Magic player's going to complain. <laughs> as we have learned. <laughs> as, as we are wont to do. No, uh, but I think it was like, I... I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, they put it in the middle of nowhere. But, like, for me, I think the nearest place for, was Bellingham, which is, like, two hours north of Seattle. <laughs> on the Canadian border, basically? Yeah, it's, like, one of the ne- closest big towns to Canada. Jeez. In, in Washington. And then the other one in the U.S. was uh, out in New York. Yeah, up in the Catskills at Cure One's Game Store, yeah. I think it's called. I think that was. Yeah, it's that Cure was, One's. But yeah. Was one Dan, the one Dan Ward always has the shirts for on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. But, uh, I didn't catch any streams of those. Like they, a lot of them actually were streaming them, which I think was really nice. Yeah, that's that's a good idea to make sure that you go to a place that's actually streaming it. Um, although for the European, for the one in uh, England, I know that they had the uh, UK community manager there taking all sorts of pictures, which were fantastic. Somebody mm-hmm. opened a foil arcane savant, and I was not pleased. Speaking of foils, speaking of foils, actually, uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll do this real quick. Uh, something that we found out uh, the other day. From uh, the Manasaurus Wedge, because thank you, Wedge. Um, I don't. I forget where he got. I don't it know from, how he found it, but oh, there is. So Kaya, Ghost Assassin, the one of the new Planeswalkers, alongside Doretti, um, she has an alternate art foil in the set. It does it not looks, replace her regular foil. It, it is so just good. her foil. And and the funny part is, it's it's like one number higher than the actual card number of the set. Just hide it. Yeah, she is 222 out of 221. So if you open a foil Kaya, it's not going to look like the regular art. It's going to be a special fancy art, which I think is hilarious. I think it's amazing looking. It's her, because Kaya, as you know, is the new planeswalker that's like ghostish lady, ghost she's assassin. Ghost, she kills ghosts. Yeah, so she's actually like ghosting through a door. She's getting her kitty pride on yeah. with that, and I think it's freaking sweet. Yeah, the the regular art has her leaning up against a a, a door frame, looking all you know, ba and all that fun stuff. And then the other the other picture, the foil picture, is her literally going through a door. It's the same door frame. It's the same door frame. It's just you know different presentation. <laughs> Some fries. Yes, you know exactly. the joke. <laughs> We're keeping it PG here. Trying to at least. Some fries, bleep bleep. I you know I mean. Look. I'm in the army, all right? Cut me some slack. I know, I know. <laughs> I do a very good job, considering I think in the entire half year we've been doing this, I've maybe gotten bleeped, like, what? Not even ten times? Probably close to five. It's one hand. That's I'll one hand. <laughs> but other big news in the community, before we talk about conspiracy, uh, two big things came out from Magic Online. 
the first came out yesterday, which was they're doing a build-your-own cube. Now, as for those of you who may be aware, a cube is kind of a homemade draft format. If you follow the, our Twitter account, which you should be, at Eyes of the Mize, you'll see daily picks that I send out of packs from my cube, kind of just to, just to do pack one, pick ones. Yeah, the, oh. the rules for it, it has to be 520 cards. 540. 540, right. Um, I don't have the rest of them, but basically it can't be like, oh, I just like modified six cards of the Legacy Cube, lol. Like it, it has to be like they're gonna get they're gonna it's gonna the best ones are gonna get put up for a vote so like originality is really gonna count like I've heard people throwing around ideas like I know uh, streamer dot like uh, SG Doc was uh, doing some uh, ideas for it like he's throwing out Boros cube <laughs> you were putting together an alt win con cube on stream like just getting all like the alternate win cons and things that prevent you from winning like so platinum angel yeah hint hint we'll get to that one later uh, stuff like. Uh, Angel's Grace, the split second card that's that's used you just, you in just don't lose the game that turn, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, you're gonna lose the game? Nope. <laughs> Are you gonna win? Nope. Um, Abyssal Persecutor obviously has to be in that cube too. Oh, it was, it was. Um, <laughs> although no, I, I, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put, I would put a big money on Adam Saborsi submitting his Popper Cube or a Popper Cube being submitted. Yeah, I can see a Popper Cube being submitted. Whether or not it's gonna, I mean. I'm of the personal opinion that they should just put a pauper cube in the cube rotation anyway. Right. But that's just me. Yeah, we all have our opinions. Uh, but you could do monocolor cubes. Are, you could do cubes with multiples. <laughs> um, you could do all sorts of things with your cube as long as it's 540 cards and it is feasible. So that's like no vanguards, no conspiracies, like the, the card type conspiracy. You can't do any it, of those. It has to be magic online legal. Non-multiplayer and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, well, and then the other big news... Dexterity card, that's Yeah, cool. no dexterity cards. The other big news that come out of Magic Online is it was today. announced today that um, MTGO draft leagues are coming. Um, so what, what would happen is you'll sit down, you'll join the league, you'll, join, you'll be put into a draft, you'll draft as normal, but then you can play on your own time. This is replacing the Swiss queues and the 6222 queues. 2222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222
so it, it's, it creates a weird circumstance where now you're going outside your pod in that before you sometimes maybe want to hate draft something away from another player that's like, okay, I don't want to see this card get played against me. It actually, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Like you can literally just go for, I'm picking the best card in the deck that's being passed to me. You don't have to worry about anybody at your table getting any kind of, you don't have to like signal wise in terms of like, okay, I've seen a bunch of these go around. I'm hate drafting this rare pack three pick one because I don't want to play against the person who's getting this Uber bomb. You can be like, there's just, it's, it's that case where, you know, you're sitting down on pack three and it's like, well, there's this really great rare, but then I ended up getting a foil that's a bomb. I'm going to hate draft the foil bomb that somebody else could take that's better that would wreck my deck. You don't have to worry about that anymore. On the flip side, you could still worry about it because you're playing somebody from another pod and you have no idea what was drafted in that pod. Um, that's that's the craziest part, too, is like you're not going to see. Because some of the stuff you'd see is be like, okay, you see somebody go green and white. You're like, if someone plays this, you know, plays a forest and then plays a plains, you're like, okay, I saw this green rare actually wheel around i saw this white rare wheel around or the these white bombs somehow make it three packs down for me it's you lose that like sense of okay this person might have these cards in their deck you literally go in blind yeah i think that um in the grand scheme of things if you are concerned about that experience you should already be playing in the eight fours correct that that is my opinion um that said um I'm about 50-50 on the draft leagues. I think for streamers and for playing, it's going to be excellent because the less downtime between matches, the better. Also, um, this style of gameplay gets a lot closer to some of the other um, digital games like Hearthstone has a similar format where you you do your draft and granted their draft is asynchronous, which is a whole different thing. But you can just sit, you can just get in the queue and play anyone. And Eternal, which I think we're going to do an episode on at some point in the future, they do the same thing where – you mean you're passing you're passing packs to people, but you don't play the you don't know who you're passing to. Well, the thing with the thing with the asynchronous drafts too, you have to mention is that once you see a pack and you pass that pack, you're not getting that pack back. Also true. So, but this is this is like your regular drafting where you're going to pass the round. You'll see it. You'll see a card wheel from your pack that you opened, and or you'll see cards wheel, but you're not going to play against any of the cards that you're passing around, most likely. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll play all right, you'll play against those cards, but they won't be the cards in your pod. It's probably very unlikely that you will be playing against the people in your pod. I would love to see the, um, well, if you jump the right, numbers on it. Like, I would love to see, like, um, you know, the people who do that and how many, people that, how many times they play people in their pod. I would love to see, we're just, I would love to see the internal breakdown of who drafts and does deck building with... I mean, that's another thing you guys mentioned. Deck building is now unlimited just like the sealed leagues so i want to see who you know the numbers if like they're if watsy's able to pull it and post them watsy's able to pull it whether they post them is an entirely different question okay pull and post i should say if they're able to pull if they're going to pull and post these like this is the percentage of people who draft in these swiss queues build their deck within x amount of time and then enter into the uh the queue and, and potentially get paired against their things or how many people just draft drop the game come back build their deck later and then hop into a queue yeah i know for me personally streaming wise this is gonna be awesome yeah however and i want to put a caveat on there streaming wise something that i used to do and i haven't really done a whole lot because i deployed last year and it kind of fell off with doing it weekends have been like entirely insane for me ever since i moved um and got back from deployment last year is 
a bunch of fa- fans of Loading Ready Run would get together. Lord Hosk and I originally set this up. He's one of the moderators in Loading Ready Run's channel, along with myself. Uh, the Lure Fan Draft, where on Saturdays at, I think it was like 8 p.m. Like Central. Six, yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8, 8 p.m. Central. Yeah, 8 p.m. Central. We would all hop into, we had like a whole separate Twitch channel that we set aside specifically just to use the chat in there as, okay, get ready, go. We would wait, we would wait for the first open pod after 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. As soon as that pod fired, we would all jump in. At the heyday, we were popping two and a half cues of yeah. drafts. right, And we were all drafting against each other, playing against each other. We had people streaming. So you could actually sometimes watch both sides of the matchup, and it was great. That was because we were doing Swiss cues. Those are going away. That basically eliminates this potential thing. The only, the only thing that we could do at this point was is draft and then come back to those cards at a later date randomly generate who was in that pod with like a Swiss pairings board and then pump it through and say, okay, you play this person and manually play your games. It's insanely ridiculous to do and set up like that. So unfortunately stuff like that is going to kill things. I would personally love to see, it's probably never going to happen is like private draft pods that you could fire on demand online with the caveat of you would get price support based off, you know, you're putting packs into it, you know, get packs out, but no QPs. Yeah, because that would be the biggest, like, if you, you, could if you gave farm, out QPs, could, you could literally farm it where, you know, you and, you know, six buddy or seven buddies could basically be like, okay, this draft, we're all conceding to him. Your Next yeah, draft. You, you would essentially buy a qualifier yeah. at that point. I but mean, if that's, you, if you that, drop that's the, a very dangerous place to be, but I could, like... If they're, I they're, have enough booster packs and I have seven friends and we want to draft, you know, if I was at my local game store, we could just draft. Yeah, like, and so that this is how, like, Loading Ready Run fans who were around the world, like, we were having people in Europe and Australia drafting with us occasionally. Yeah. And this is how, like, I could sit down to a draft on a weekend and play somebody in Canada or play somebody in Great Britain. Yeah. And it was great and fun to do, and now we've lost that. Um, yeah. Or going to be losing it on September 7th when this goes into effect. That yeah. said, I'm sad to see it go. But I think I'm on the side of a lot of pros. I know Ben Stark is just like, this is amazing. Love it. Yeah. It's like, sweet. Let's, let's, he's just like, I just want to draft. Like, draft, play, my brain's out, and not have to wait between games. Now, the funny thing is, is if you've ever played a Magic Online constructed queue or even sealed queue, you know that sometimes your wait can be 10 minutes. Yeah. So you might end up with that 10-minute wait after all, depending on how many people uh, are actually there. But I think, like, overall, this change is going to be a net positive. It's just that there's a lot of people who are still kind of mixed, re- mixed reactions on this. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I've, this is one of those changes where there's never going to be a right a, answer. Well, there's never going to be a perfect consensus on this. There are yeah. going to be people who are like, I wish I had my I – I would personally love to see the amount of people who are bemoaning the fact that they're losing the Swiss cues. Like, all right, how many Swiss cues have you played recently? I know, I know that I have not played any Swiss cues within the past six months. I'll, to be honest with you, I'm going to draft more with this change. Yeah. Because I can, because with this, I can draft on like at night, save my deck until the next day, come back. Like I have like an hour and a half after I work, like do my morning workout before I have to go to work. So I can shower, eat, pop into a queue, match only going to take 50 minutes. That leaves me 30, 40, 40 minutes out of that time to shower, eat, and get to work, which yep. I literally walk across the parking lot to get to where I work. So. I can sit down, take care of that, pop a match out, or at lunchtime, another hour and a half, I can play a round there too. So it's like I can draft a deck on, like, say, thir- Tuesday evening, 
play a game Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday before the podcast. Yeah. So it's it, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be overall positive if there's still a little apprehension about it. Uh, something that I didn't put in the show notes for this week. Um, uh, this weekend is GP Indy, which is modern, which is going to be sweet. So you should go watch that. But next weekend is PAX, and it's going to be crazy. Ah. PAX, 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 PAX. I'm going to be at PAX. Yeah, you are. Anyways, um, so go watch GP Indy this weekend because modern is a sweet format and modern's awesome. And there are also people who, I'll have to say the community, are like, you know, modern sucks again. It's like, oh, come on. We're, we're in a good place, community. Don't, don't mess us up. <laughs> I love – so uh, if you follow Gabby Sparks or LSV, they've been doing factor fictions. And one of, the, one of the factor fictions I voted in the other day from Gabby is that modern should be a pro tour format. And it was, over, it was about 60% fiction at the, end of the, at the end of the vote. I was pretty happy with that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I, everybody I, was calling, we shouldn't have this as a pro tour format. And I was like, we needed a pro tour format again. It's like, come on, you no guys. No one can agree. Anyways. He's all. Let's he's talk. All. Let's talk about conspiracy. Oh, but first, first though, I've actually considered wanting to get into Dredge. Just be, I just want to play it. To oh, see how it yeah. Because I, I heard, no, it seems fun. All right. And also, hi, Aaron. Yes, I just said it. I wanted to play Dredge. Fine. I got that out of my system. You must. There. Anyways. Uh, hello. Have you seen me? Have you seen me? Not lately, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about here's conspiracy. Here's Wonderwall. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. Uh, let's talk about conspiracy. Um, we didn't really talk about much about what it was the, or last week, so let's go ahead and spend a little bit of time of talking about exactly what it is. Uh, the first thing is that it was um, designed by Sean Main the first time around, and this time around as well, as a multiplayer draft matters set, where wacky things can happen in the draft, and you're playing multiplayer games, so you can get you know this wide range of appeal. So you get the people who really like to draft, you get the people who really like multiplayer multiplayer formats, you jam them together, and you get Conspiracy. Um, Which, if you haven't drafted even the original before, I highly suggest you try it. Yeah. I mean, there's people who, you know, it's not for, like, I listened to Limited Resources and LSV, and Marshall said, you know what, this wasn't for us. And that's totally okay. You don't have to, you don't have to like it. Um, I still just, think it's just, really awesome. Just try it once. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but not being this set is not standard or, or modern legal, which means that they can push cards in different directions. It makes some really powerful cards. Previous conspiracy we saw um, Dak Faden. This conspiracy we saw Sanctum Prelate and Recruiter of the Guard, which, which we talked about last week, um, as like essentially just legacy shoe ins. Um, what about uh, what's it called? Council's Judgment, man. Come on. Well, well there's Council's Judgment, yeah, but Dak was the was the big poster child of that. That Dude, Council's thing. Judgment was ama- is amazing for Legacy. Council's Judgment was Council's Judgment was hilarious because it was the only way of getting rid of True Name Nemesis. I know, which is great. <laughs> which is great because True Name is a little oppressive in in one on one formats. I played it the other day in my cube in a one on one match and it was dumb. But he's in my Highlander deck. He he's good at one on one magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's now time to talk about um, the new take mechanics. The, we already mentioned the new the mechanics con. last week, so we'll talk a little bit about them right now. We have Monarch where usually a creature comes into play and makes you the monarch. There's a land you can sacrifice to make yourself the monarch, which I don't know how good that card is. We'll find out. Eh. It's eh. Maybe playable and limited. I don't know. Um, on but, the face, it seems eh. On the, uh, yeah, on your face, it seems eh. Uh, but at the end of your turn, you draw a card if, you're, if you are the monarch. Uh, you lose the monarch key when one of three things happens. You, lose, you get knocked out of the game, in which case monarch key passes to the next player. 
Another player plays a card that makes them the monarch, or you are dealt combat damage by a creature. Um, and so those are the only way, those are the ways the monarch passes around. I think it's going to be a sweet little sub game in the conspiracy drafts themselves. And I'm interested to see how this plays out in like Commander, which is another multiplayer format. It's more intriguing whether or not there's any monarch cards that are going to be like actually good in Legacy. I don't know. I don't think there are, but there's we'll been, see. There's been rumbles about Popper. Popper, yeah. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few comments with Pop in, in, with Monarch and Popper that could make some, Palace make some waves. Sen- Palace Sentinels, which is a two four for it's a two four for three and white human soldier. When it be- enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. I mean, pretty, it's a vanilla two four, but you get the Monarch. You get the card pretty advantage. Pretty defensive. Yeah. I want. I'm, I'm curious to see what deck that'll that'll end up in. Oh, and remember, so for conspiracy, you draft it in a pot of eight, and then you break out in the pods of four. Yeah, three three to five players. Um, is what you would want to break out into the pods of because it's fun. Um, and, and that's also where a bunch of these other mechanics are going to come into play, like melee, uh, mm-hmm. which is on creatures that says whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one for each opponent you are attacking. So again, there's a keyword that's, you know, hey, this is meant for multiplayer. Yeah, each opponent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anytime also you see kids, each opponent, that's a key. Also, kids, remember, melee stacks. Melee does indeed stack, thanks to Adriana of the Guard. Captain of the Guard telling us that from last week. Uh, another one is Council's Dilemma, which is a new take on Will of the Council, which was as Council's Judgment as being one of the marquee cards of that mechanic. You vote, but this time, whatever you vote for has an effect. So let's go ahead and look at Lieutenants of the Guard. Still in white. It's uh, four and a white for a 2-2 at common. It has Council's Dilemma. When it enters the battlefield, starting with you, you vote for strength or numbers. For every count, you get a plus a plus one counter on Lieutenants of the Guard for every strength vote. And you get a 1-1 Soldier for every numbers vote. So 5-mana 2-2 is not great, but it can, at least in a 4-player game, it could either be a 6-6 or it could be a 2-2 with 4 1-1s. You're getting getting 6 power and toughness over potentially 1-2-4 bodies. Now your opponents will vote for whatever is best for them. Now if you can politic a little bit, you might be able to get some more good things on your side. Uh, But that's how the Council's Dilemma is cards are going to look and of course there are some rares as well with council's dilemma that do you know crazy things i forget is there any like humble the brute types cards where um smite the monstrouses you mean like any of those yeah. um i don't think there was i didn't see anything i mean there's kill shot there's also the ones that deal x damage yeah like uh i'm looking at i'm looking at fiery fall. right now fiery fall deals five in a red that deals five damage to target creature so yeah if a person's in red and has fiery fall they're definitely not going to vote to put a counter on it <laughs> yeah yeah um but that's melee and the council's dilemma then we have goad which is a fun mechanic um basically whenever a creature is goaded it must attack and it can't attack the player who goaded it if able so in a one-on-one game goad is basically attack someone but not me oh wait you have to attack me that's not good but a multiplayer magic you know, if if there's three of us in a pod and I goad Ian's creature, it has to attack the other person as long yeah. as they are still in the game. The uh, the the card that was kind of spoiled with this goad mechanic on it first was Jeering Homunculus with Mickleford, kind of like Fibblethip's uh, angry cousin. annoying yeah angry annoying cousin. So it's one in a blue for an O four, which is like all right whatever. But it says when it enters the battlefield, you may goad target creature, and you basically it comes in. He basically says, "Hey, you there? He said you're a jerk." He said Attack bad him. things about your mama. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So that's that's basically what it is. It's basically saying, like, you, fight that guy. Yep. Now, um, those are the new mechanics. And there aren't any, like, big returning mechanics as far as, like, you know, big splashy ones. 
but we do have one kind of major theme mechanic that's been returned, and that is monstrosity. Oh, um, yeah. For those of you who, who may remember monstrosity from Theros, uh, or how some people have called the new werewolves in Eldritch Moon, uh, monstrosity is an ability, usually it's keyed up with a number, so you'll have a creature, you pay the monstrosity cost, you can only do it once, because if it's not monstrous, then it become monstrous. If you do it again, it's it's already monstrous. Uh, you put that number of counters on it, and then sometimes you get an effect when this creature is monstrous. For example, I'm looking at Skittering Crustacean right now. It's a 2 and a blue for a 2-3 crab, a common, which is already playable on its own. It has 6 and a blue for monstrosity 4, so you pay that, and suddenly it goes from a 2-3 to a 6-7. And it has hexproof as long as it is monstrous. So that's kind of an example of one of these monstrosity cards. So another thing too, like everyone, like one of the reprints that we saw that has this is hundred-handed one hundred from Theros. Oh, it's yeah. two the two white white vigilant three five. So its monstrosity is three, but you have to pay three white white white. So you better be playing heavily white, and she get becomes then a six eight. But six, eight. as long as long as it is monstrous, it has reach and can block an additional ninety nine creatures each combat. Because it's a hundred-handed one, so it's got a hundred hands. Yeah, so I think it's a kind of cool little thing to bring back. I mean, yeah. also we got I, I'll, new... I'll, admit, I'll admit I'm of the group of people that's like, really? I'll, I'll Theros reprints so soon? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'll, I'll say this, though. I'm, I'm of a unique perspective. I think you and me both, where like this is like right around the first like big yeah, sets was... that were actually printed first. Yeah, this, was, this was my first real set. Um, when I got back, so it does feel a little feel a little weird to see these like blood toll harpies and keepsake gorgons being reprinted, but I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not upset about it at all. Like it's like yeah. it's just weird. It, it's the weird feeling inside. Where you're like, hmm. Those are like three years old now. Oh god. Like like oh, ravenous, <laughs> ravenous Lucracota, man. Oh yeah, ravenous Lucracota, man. That that, card. that name. That name. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> So let's go ahead and talk about some of these reprints because we talked about a lot of the reprints and a lot of the new cards last week. So we're going to talk about some new cards that have been spoiled uh, in the reprint and the new card variety. And let's start off with with the big ones um, because on Thursday... Splashy to the splashy on this one. On Thursday, we, it was revealed that Berserk was in the set, which Ian has um, a, a bit of experience with. A little bit of experience. Um, I actually have... The particular art that's being reprinted, Steve Prescott Berserk. It's the new Berserk art um, that was originally printed in the From the Vault sets. I have the From the Vault foils of this yeah. uh, because it was like there was a sale at SUG in the bottom. <laughs> it's totally reasonable. It was either that or go buy white-bordered ones because the black-bordered ones are stupid expensive. But Well, beta, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyways, beta. that's one of the big ones. And the other big one is Show & Tell. Oh, yeah. I which lost is, this which, one. Which, by the way, if you don't much. know what Show and Tell and Berserk do, uh, Berserk is a single green mana for an instant. You cast it before the damage step, and then the target creature gets plus X plus O and trample where X is its power, and it's destroyed at the end of the turn, which is hilarious in multiplayer magic because someone else could be attacking someone else, and you could go Berserk, Berserk your creature to kill him and kill your creature. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet. And then Show and Tell is two and a blue for a sorcery. Uh, each player puts a permanent... Or is it a permanent, or is it an artifact it's, creature? All right, each, each, yeah, it's two and a blue sorcery. Each player may put an artifact, creature, enchantment, or land card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. Yeah, so you can't put planeswalkers, but you can put anything it else does, into play. And, and they're not cast, so yeah. any on-cast triggers don't happen. 
Uh, by the way, Show and Tell is an archetype in Legacy because it's that good. Because turns out, turn three Embercools pretty okay. Yeah, if if you guys ever watched my stream and when I streamed the, my first ever foray into Legacy, I lost to it twice. <laughs> yeah, Show and Tell. Uh, show and Tell. Um, there's also it's the a hilarious deck. It's also it, it funny. Got, or, it no, used okay. to be. It used to be insanely overpowered in the Legacy format back when Dig Through Time and uh, crap. Not cruise. Treasure Cruise. Treasure well, Cruise. Cruise is busted in Delver. Dig stuck well, around longer. Well, but Dig was in also was a big part of making the Omnitel decks just utterly bananas. Yeah. Because you could just dump your entire. You could get like a turn two or a turn three. Dig through time. Drop a show and tell. Yeah. It's when you're looking silly. when you're looking at seven cards, you'd be like, hmm. Are any of these Emrakul and Show and Tell? Yep, get in my hand. Next turn, untap Show and Tell, Emrakul, swing, whatever. Yeah, basically. Um, but Show and Tell is, and Berserk are very expensive cards right now. And even their pre-order prices are absurdly high. Uh, don't pre-order these cards, uh, just FYI, because if you look at the prices for Original Conspiracy now, the most expensive card is Dak Faden at $20. Yeah, don't, because a, a perfect poster child of this was Stifle, which started off with pre-orders at $25, and you can get a stifle now for the low, low price of about $3. And also remember, this set is an unlimited print run. They will print it as long as people want to buy it. And so, it's going in the big box stores, which means this you can be able to buy this in Target, in Walmart. Yeah, so, so prices are going to... Don't pre-order yeah. these cards, people. <laughs> Please. Yeah, like, for example, Recruited the Guard and uh, Sanctum Prelate were pre-ordering for 30 And I'm like, come on, people. I want them. Oh like, please! I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we we, we like I, we both I need want to, them. I need to put them in my. Well, I need two of them, so I need <laughs> one for my. Well, I need one for my mono white commander deck and one for. I mean, I could swap them back and forth, but you know, it's just that's lazy. just a hassle. Yeah, between that and my highlander deck. Yeah. Uh, also, both of them are at mythic, which you would expect. Um, like you do. Also at mythic, uh, platinum angel, which is a seven mana four four artifact creature angel with flying, uh, and you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. Which in multiplayer is a little bit more kind of oppressive-ish. Yeah, that's why they bumped, actually bumped the rarity up. Well, it was originally printed at Mirrodin at Rare, and it was printed in a core set at Mythic. Right, because, then... oh yeah, wait, it was originally, wasn't Mirrodin before they had Mythic? I yes. Yeah, all right, yeah, that's right, because it was, yeah. It was I, remember, I remember Middle School John seeing a Platinum Angel going, that card is too good. There's a reason why Mono Blue Tron plays it. Yeah, there is. Um, Platinum Angel sweet, uh, making and it's gonna get you a lot of hate, but you know, just protect hate, it hate, and hate. hope it doesn't die. Just be um, the leader of the haters ball. Also, hate, hate, remember hate, with Platinum Angel, you can be at negative life, but once it dies, you lose the game. Um, True next, story. Let's talk about another another rare, which is has a lot of casual appeal, which is Psychosis Crawler. It is a five mana artifact. Uh, I'm looking up its creature type right now because I do not remember it off the top of my head because it is a horror. It's at rare. Its power and tempt is equal to the number of cards in your hand, and whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses a life. This is a pretty much a commander staple almost. This card isn't particularly expensive, um, but it's a staple in Nekusar decks. It's in uh, it's in my Mizzix deck right now, and it's just like a really popular card because it has a lot of casual appeal. Yeah, I mean, I, the the great part about these sets is like you can print these cards again and not have it affect a master. Like, the, the main argument, people are like, oh my god, where were these cards in, like, Eternal Masters? They didn't want to go in Eternal Masters because Eternal Masters already had some ridiculously expensive cards, guys. Yeah. Come on. Anyways, well, let's you not get into that you, debate. Well, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, you can't jam another Berserk in there. Yeah, you really can't, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, another cool thing you're seeing again is Burning Wish. Oh yeah, Burning Wish. I forgot. I forgot to mention that. Did I mention that one last time? I don't remember. I think we did, but it's back. Oh it's yeah, great. it's back. Burning Wish. Uh, it's two in a red, one in a red. Um, one in a red. One in a red. Uh, you search your library. You search. No, you search. You grab a sorcery that you own from outside the game, which in competitive play means your sideboard, um, and put it in your hand, and then you exile Burning Wish because recurring wishes is silly. Um, so. Mm-hmm. It's good. It it's used in certain decks in Legacy, like it's used in Storm to go find uh, your like your tendrils of agony in your sideboard, uh, or you can use it in show and tell decks to grab your to grab like another show and tell out of your sideboard yeah. if you want to play like that. Um, but it's just a really all, all around useful card. I'm kind of sad they didn't print the rest of the wishes, but I understand why they didn't. Yeah, like for that same instance, you don't want to have. I mean, the wish cycles are great when you're actually printing a set, but when you're printing something like this, you don't want the whole cycle. Yeah, uh, another reprint which uh, I did I did not check the price of, but one that is very popular in certain commander decks, which is Horn of Greed. It's a six dollar card. It, yeah, it's a three mana artifact. It's a rare, and whenever a player plays a land, that player draws a card. Yeah, it's so... originally originally printed back way back in the days of Stronghold. Yep, and th- this should be its first reprint? I believe it is. Okay, because this card um, is... Yeah, hold on. Just checking the sets real quick on yeah, it. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever seen this card in the new border. Oh. Um, no, it was, it was Brown Town. Yep, and it is reprinted for the first time in forever because casual players like it, and also uh, Azusa is silly with Horner Greed and Commander. You're welcome, people. Um, also, this is... I want to kind of touch on this. There is definitely a potential roundabout mill strategy... Yes. That you can draft in this set. Yeah, just make people draw all the cards. Just all of them. Like Howling Mine Effects for days. Yeah. Also, the funny part about Horned Greed is that whenever you play a land, you draw a card, it helps you find more lands to draw more cards. Yes. Um, another uh, fantastic reprint for a multiplayer format is Forgotten Ancient, well, which, in case you didn't know, was the one of the first uh, you make the cards. Huh. Uh, it's three and a green for a 0-3 elemental at rare. Whenever a player casts a spell, you may put a counter on Forgotten Ancient. We most recently saw this ability on Mana Gorge or Hydra. Uh, but at the beginning of your upkeep, you may move any number of plus plus counters from Forgotten Ancient onto other creatures. So let's say in a turn cycle, there are five spells cast, Forgotten Ancient becomes a 5-8, and then you go, you know what? I don't want them on my Forgotten Ancient. I want them on my bird. So I'm going to put them on my bird <laughs> and then hit you with it. Boom in the face. Yep. Forgotten Ancient is a fantastic multiplayer card. Glad, glad to see it there. Uh, another reprint, which um, maybe may make people unhappy, is Gratuitous Violence. It's two red, red, red for a rare enchantment that says if a creature you control will deal damage to a creature or player, it deals double that damage to that creature or player instead. So it's a one-way one Furnace of Wrath. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great in multiplayer. It's going to be great. I, I've played it in a few Commander decks myself. Uh, it is just, oh, it's so silly. Oh, so can I... We go back to the whole mill thing, especially with Horn of uh, Horn of Greed. Greed, a card that pairs hilariously with that one, his burgeoning. Oh, <laughs> we mentioned it last bur- week. Oh no, burgeoning! Oh no, I just <laughs> remember that- burgeoning is a green, just one green for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent plays a land, you may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield. Oh so, no! <laughs> opponent plays a land, they draw a card. You play a land, you draw a card. Oh man, I just can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I just can't wait. I'm gonna dra- I'm gonna get both of these. I'm gonna draft it, and then I'm just gonna draw all the cards. Yeah, man, that's gonna. It's a sick combo. You'd be like, you literally just you can mil- churn through your entire deck, get to like. I mean, granted, you're you're gonna run the potential of milling out, but at that point, you're probably just gonna play like maybe a 50 card deck. 
probably. Also, hope nobody's playing Leovold at the table, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, other reprints. Uh, one great reprint that's good to see is uh, Beast Within is getting a reprint, which is a good card to see being reprinted because it kind of it kind of needs it. It's only been reprinted one other time in the dual deck, and this is using the dual deck art. It's two and a green for an instant at uncommon. Destroy target permanent. Its controller gets a 3-3 beast. Uh, this is played in modern. I think it's played in... It might be played a f in a few places in Legacy, but it's mainly played in modern to help get rid of troublesome permanents or lands or anything like that. Yeah, it, it was a $5 uncommon. It needed a reprint. Speaking of expensive uncommons, let's talk about Ghostly Prison. Ooh. Two and a white for an enchantment. Uh, at uncommon, creatures can't attack you unless that, con that creature's controller pays two. I've actually seen people complaining about this reprint. The reason why they're complaining is the art. <laughs> I mean, it's not the good art. I'll, I'll give them that. It's not the Kamigawa art. Which, I <laughs> but, mean, to be fair, like, I think I like the Kamigawa art a little bit better than this, but I don't which know. Is, now, the Kamigawa art, if you don't know what it is, it's basically, like, part of a tower, but the remaining top of it is, like, ghostly, and you can see you can see the legs of the person and then, like, their hand reaching out a window. Yeah. But I think it looks really cool, but the, the sword art isn't terrible i mean come yeah. on people we're getting a reprint of a card that's it's a 11 dollar uncommon yeah it, <laughs> getting a yeah. reprint of it calm your calm your pants yes it is it is a good card to see being reprinted another card that's good to see reprinted i think it's been reprinted a few times though is flame slash single red sorcery that common deal four damage to a creature it's fine it's a pauper powerhouse it's played in pauper it's played in modern and it it kills most things and ideally, in these formats, you want to you want to kill some things. Speaking of something that kills, Deceiver Exarch is back. Deceiver Exarch is back after Twin got banned. <laughs> Dang it! Why <laughs> you have to mention? Yeah, I know. I had to mention it because all oh, the feels bad. Yeah, uh, Deceiver Exarch is back at Uncommon. One, it's a two and a blue for a one four cleric. It has flash. And when it enters the battlefield, you can tap something in opponent controls or untap something you control. Which was used in the lovely twin combo back in Modern, where you would you know. Put yeah. a twin on that, tap it, make a copy, target your own, your twin cop, your twin original, untap it, tap it, blah, make blah, blah. dudes. Repeat it four times and then say, I do this three million times. Combat, okay. swing three million. Yeah. Uh, other card that we have reprinted back at Uncommon is Overrun. Two green, green, green for a sorcery uh, at Uncommon. Uh, creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and trample. Green, green's really riding the... I'm going to ramp stuff out and bash you in your face. There's a lot of good melee cards in green as well. It looks like red, like red green beat down is definitely a deck. I I mean it's it's green's thing. Green's thing is like I will poop poop a bunch of lands onto the battlefield to play a lot of expensive stuff, and a lot of that expensive stuff will just smash you in your face. Speaking of expensive green card, well pseudo expensive green cards, we have explosive vegetation, three to green sorcery. If you play standard, you know what it does. You go grab two basic lands from your deck and put them into play. It's a good Taps. reprint for standard. It's a good reprint for casual play. It's just an all-around good card to see. Yep. Uh, and also, speaking of green cards, uh, we got Dat Asp, though. Uh, Nessian Asp up, bumped up to Uncommon now. Because no it was common. so good. It was so good. It's a 4 and a green for a 4-5 reach with Monstrosity 3? 4. Monstrosity 4. For uh, 6 and a green. Yeah, six for and 6 green and a green. So it becomes an 8-9 reach. It's absurd. It's a good yeah, card. Like, basically... This was, like, arguably a first pickable card back in, like, Theros draft. I mean, so was Gary, but, you know. 
Well, we, people didn't realize how ridiculously busted Gary was for until like everyone was just like just draft mono black multiple yeah. pips. But Nessie and Asp was one of those like if you were green, you were you, if you saw an Asp, you were picking an Asp. You had to have had like an insane green bomb to to not pick Nessie and Asp in a green deck. Yeah, Nessie and Asp. Even was, then, you're still picking Nessie and Asp in a green deck. Yeah, it's great. It holds down the fort extremely well. Uh, let's talk about two more two blue cards before we move on to the new cards. Uh, one is Dismisses Back as an Uncommon. It's been previously reprinted at Rare a few times. Two in a blue for an instant. Uh, counter target spell, draw a card. Yeah, I mean, Which is I, good. I, it's, it's going to see play. I mean, four, it's, it's, we see four mana counter spells nowadays just at four, man, four mana counter spells. Yeah. Like, we don't see the blue blue counter target spell anymore. Or even one blue blue with. I, I mean, mean, the it's, last it's time not, we saw this not effect. It's well, not as good as I would say. What's the one? The one with the scry was is arguably better. Dissolve, yeah. Now, dismiss. The last time we saw a card that is literally dismissed but different was contradict from dragons, and it was three blue blue for a common, and it did that effect. Um, and it's yeah. all. It was one of those like maybe you would sideboard it in. Yeah, if if, if you were like super slow. And the last card I want to talk about, as far as reprints are concerned, because there are a lot of other sweet reprints in the set, uh, is a blue card. Which is a underrated commander. It is Kami of the Crescent Moon. It's a one-three spirit. It's a legendary, legendary rare. It's blue, blue, and at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. It's I heard a legendary you like mine. Yeah, it's a legendary Howling Mine, and you know this card is absurd in commander because everybody draws cards. And then you just go, "Oops, you guys have drawn way too many cards. You're gonna mill yourself out." Oh no! Oh no! What oh, have I done? No. Yeah, Kami's sweet. Um, I don't know how high of a pick he'll be in, in Conspiracy, because giving all your opponent's extra cards is kind of dangerous. That's a lot of extra cards being drawn. It is a lot of extra cards. But Kami is just, like, really, really sweet. It's good to see him coming back. Um, he needs he's, he hasn't been reprinted since Kamigawa, so he needs a reprint. Oh, I just want to mention a sick reprint art-wise. RK Post's Avatar of Woe. Oh, yeah. Avatar of Woe is a good... Is a good it's mythic, which is kind of a feel-bad... But even then, Avatar of Woe is just an absurd card. It's silly. There's a reason why it's a mythic, John. In a multiplayer set, yeah. Okay, so it's six black black for a six five creature avatar. It has it fear. Says, yeah, it has fear, which is this creature can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or black creatures. If there are ten or more creature cards total in all graveyards, that's why it's at mythic, Avatar of Woe costs six less to cast. Meaning, if there's a lot of dead stuff, it's a black black for a six five with fear. And you can tap it. It also, it also <laughs> has tap, just tap, no paying mana, tap, destroy target creature, it can't be regenerated. Yeah, after a more fair in one-on-one magic, less fair in multiplayer magic. Odds are you're probably not even going to want to really attack with Avatar of Woe for a little while. You can just be like, boop, get rid of that big guy. And boop, kill get rid that, of, and kill like, that, and kill that. It's like, oh, hey, look, monstrous guy, boop. Sorry, you just spent eight mana on that guy, boop. Dead. Oopsies, my bad. Uh, also, Diabolic Tutor is good in multiplayer magic as well because you can find exactly what you need for the exact right moment. Mm-hmm. Also, murders in the set, which is nice. Yay, murder. Uh, now, let's talk about <laughs> new cards. So first off, let's talk about the card that has, like, it's just the funniest card. Dude, this card is amazing. Everyone's like, it's saying it's SimCity, the card. It's Subterranean Tremors. It's a sorcery at Mythic for X and a red. Uh, it deals X damage to each creature without flying. So it's an Earthquake. It's an Earthquake variant, which are usually pretty playable. Uh, if X is four or more, you destroy all artifacts, which is something red does, which is, you know, sweet. Uh, but if X is eight or more, you uh, you put an 8-8 eight, eight red lizard creature token onto the battlefield. 
So, so remember how I was mentioning Green likes putting lands on the battlefield a lot? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, green, red, green red beatdowns with I just destroyed a lot of your creatures. Subterranean Tremors is really, really cool. It's probably just a slam dunk because it, it kills everything. And if, you, and if you're able, able to make the lizard, oh, man, it's just so absurd. Yeah, we also didn't mention there's a lot of ramp cards being reprinted like Rune Servitor yeah. and Opaline Unicorn. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's there's mana dorks out there, guys. Subtremor is fa- <coughs> excuse me is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would another, I would happily pick that and just be like, let's let's do this. Yeah, another card that that got me all all giddy the day after we recorded was Volatile Chimera, two and a red for a three two Elemental Chimera at rare. Uh, this has the same clause that Arcane Savant had, but before you shuffle your deck to start the game, you may reveal this card from your deck and exile three or more creature cards you drafted that aren't in your deck. And then for one in a red, choose a card at random you exiled with cards named Volatile Chimera. It becomes a copy of that card and gains this ability. Yeah, so basically what you can do here is... Remember how I was mentioning hate, hate drafting bombs with the whole uh, draft pod thing? This is where you hate draft the bombs. <laughs> It's like, oh, I accidentally opened like if you were if you for some reason if you were managed to get a lore seeker from original conspiracy and you open just like, oh, this is a this is weird. I've I've opened a uh I seem to have drafted an Ulamog. Oh no, I randomly have become an Ulamog. Attack <laughs> Uh oh, random oh, uh, no. out of nowhere uh Emrakul. <laughs> Oh no! Um, Annihilator six. Yeah, there's not that. There's not a lot of huge creatures that you can abuse with it, but I mean, it's still super sweet. I, I'm, I'm gonna put this in my cube. I th- I think like with this cycle of cards, I'm just gonna straight put them in my cube. I'm not even gonna bother with putting them with like in in the conspiracy section. I'm just gonna put them in and just have fun. Oh yeah. So another thing I like too is remember you have three cards, right? So you, you can kind of set those three aside, and then remember you can assign them values based off of a d6. So yeah. one can be one and three, then two and four, or, you know, one and four, two and five, three and six. Yeah. So whenever you were like a one and a four, you become that creature. So it's this the easy way. If, cause also, it's three or more. So you could exile four, five, six creatures with this. Oh, I was just going baseline here. Yeah, and that's just base. Yeah, baseline is just three. So you could get more like, so if you manage to somehow get like all six Eldrazi Titans in your cube draft... And you're not playing them in your deck. You just put like Volatile Chimera, and then turn it into a Titan, and then just make everybody unhappy. You're like, oh, I was going for the ramp deck, and somehow didn't get the ramp. But hey, here's the three, two for three. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's these guys. And now it's one of them. Um, Another card we want to talk about at in red is a card that's actually been seeing a lot of hype for Legacy that I've noticed is Grenzo Havoc Razor, Legendary Goblin Rogue at rare. He's red, red for a two, two. Which is slightly different from his original incarnation as X Red Black, but whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. You go to creature that player controls, or you exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast it. My favorite part about this card is that the first part, goading other people's creatures, helps you with the second part. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous, because you're like, you gotta attack, and... You deal damage, so I get to do the other stuff. Yeah, it's it's also a really interesting red take on Coastal Piracy being uh, a blue card where whenever you hit a player, you draw a card. This is just really, really interesting uh, design to see for red. Also, um, shout out to the art because... Oh, yeah. Svetlin Velenov. He's mm. been knocking out of the park. 
oh my gosh, yeah, he has. But this this art, if you get a chance to look at the art, just look at it. Like the people in the background with all those little goblin minions like raising havoc. It's so great. He is, he is a havoc raiser. Well, I know. But <laughs> I mean, plus a 2-2 two, two for red red that has a lot of upside. That's good. Always great. I mean, Always great. Also, goblin hey, is a legacy deck. So. Also, if you like goblin commander decks, there you go. Got yourself a cool little commander. For cheap. Another another Goblin Commander. I don't know if he's better than Cranko, but you know. I mean, you can have a little flavor. You switch it up every so often. That's true. Uh, another card that we want to talk, that I want to talk about is in the same cycle as Volatile Chimera, and it is Caller of the Untamed. Three and a green for a 2-4 Elf Shaman at rare. Before you shuffle your deck to start the game, you may reveal this card from your deck and exile a creature card you drafted that isn't in your deck. Uh, and then you can pay X and tap to put a token onto the battlefield as a copy of a card you exiled with cards named Caller of the Untamed. X is the converted mana cost of that card. It's worded that way in case you get two. You can exile two different creatures, and then you can just be like, oh, this, this Caller of the Untamed can grab either of those two creatures, just put them into play. This card's right. absurd. And what is cool about it is it just says X, yeah. meaning it's CMC. You don't have to worry about paying like crazy like triple green or double blue. It's like, just like, oh, I, I got this Lorthos in my in my green deck. I don't, but I can't cast it because I'm not playing blue. Oh no, here's an eight eight. Oh no, here's Progenitus. Oh no. Well, if you get to ten mana, you should be winning the game, anyways. <laughs> Ramp then deck, then huh? again, nobody put nobody nobody just like casts Progenitus in, in cube unless something weird's happened. It's always getting cheated. It's always getting Progenitus, Progenitus is a, getting cheated on. Yeah, he deserves it. They deserve it. <laughs> it deserves it. I don't know what gender status is. Whatever. Anyways, it. moving on. Let's talk about Stunt Double. It's three and a blue for a zero-zero shapeshifter at, at rare, so you got to know something's up. Uh, First, uh, I just want to say, the name is hilarious. The name is hilarious, the, and the art's also really good. Uh, this, Joseph, the name is some, this name is like something that would come out of an unset. It really is. Uh, but it has Flash, and it comes into, in the battlefield as a copy of another creature. Um, so it's a Flash clone. I heard you like Flash. Yeah, flash clone is PDs. It's pretty good. Um, because you can just, like, get whatever you want, and you don't need to worry about it. It wreaks havoc on combat math. Oh, it does, because you just, boop, block, oh no, I'm dead. Um, It's like, oh, you swung with this, and I copy my Sphinx and Magosi. Yeah. Um, another card, which features the monstrosity mechanic, is Splitting Slime. We are so close to an Ooze Lord. So close. It's three green green for a three three Ooze at rare, which is not great. It has monstrosity three for four green green, so it can become a six six, which is nice for just you know the next turn. And then when it becomes monstrous, you put a token onto the battlefield. That's a copy of split of splitting slime. And the flavor text or the reminder text is great. Still doesn't beat um, Inferno or um, is it Inferno? No, Obsidian Fireheart uh, for the land still burns. But the token has no counters and is it mon- is it monstrous? Yeah, so it's literally just copying itself. Yeah. Over that, and over and over. And there's there's a there's a reason why unfortunately it wasn't legendary because I mean, of that exact clause. <laughs> I know. Like they couldn't they couldn't make it this. I just know that legendary ooze is something that Mark Rosewater wants and that a lot of other people want. That's not Mimeoplasm, because Mimeoplasm is a legendary ooze. I see you, Commander players. I see you. Anyways. But splitting Splitting Ooze is hilarious. Um let's talk about a card that um two cards that feature one of the main characters in Conspiracy, which is Silvala. <sighs> Let's talk about Silvala, Heart of the Wilds. When we saw her in original Conspiracy, she was one green-white for, I think it was, she was a 2-3. Two, 2-4. Two, two, she was 2-4. Two, 
she tapped for white or green and you gained a, or no she had parlay mm. you tap yeah. you reveal the top cards of each player's library uh, you add a green or white mana for each non-land revealed green and you gain one life or oh, just green it's, mana yeah, yeah parlay it, she was tap each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each non-land card revealed this way, add green to your mana pool, and you gain one life. Yeah. Then so, each player draws a card. Yeah, so she was a card-drawing powerhouse, and she also made mana and gained life. She's crazy. Uh, and new Silvala is interesting. She's different. She's not the same. She's interesting. She's mono-green now. She's one green-green for a mythic 2-3 legendary elf scout. And she has two abilities. And they both kind of synergize well with one another. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield... Its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power, which in mono green or in green in general you should be able to do because your creatures are generally bigger than everyone else's. Yeah, you're bringing the beef. And then for green and tap, add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is the greatest powers among creatures you control. So by herself, she turns one green mana into two, color, two mana of any color because she's a 2-3. And, you know, if you have anything that's bigger, like a five-power creature, you're suddenly generating four mana off of her. I hear I heard paying one to generate four of your Nessian Asps, seven monstrosity costs is pretty good. It's pretty good. Also, <laughs> um, Tyler Jacobson just killed the art. <clears throat> oh, the art's so good. Yeah, seriously, though, like, I, shout out to all the artists because you guys kill on it. Keep up yeah. the amazing work. Big props. I will buy your stuff. <laughs> Yes, we, we, we will buy your things. I uh, have no, that stuff. And Savala is Savala is really good. She's interesting in Commander as a as as a commander because people are saying Hydra. Hydras, yep, Hydras work well with her. Um, she's also inter- so she could be in Roshin Meander or Roshin the Meander Meander. I forget her name exactly. Uh, Roshin is also generally a Hydra commander because she taps for four mana. You could only spend on X spells. Um, also, Silvala is an elf, so elf ball could be a thing, although I don't think she's better than uh, Azuri Renegade Leader. But she's sweet. I'm looking forward to playing with her. Not looking forward to playing against her. Yeah, exactly. Um, other card flavored after Silvala, which got me kind of... kind of Oh. 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 She's, it's, it's powerful, but there's some big drawbacks. Silvala's Stampede. Four green green for a sorcery with... It's rare with Council's Dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for wild or free. Reveal cards in the top of your library until you reveal a creature card for each wild vote. Put those creature cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest into your library. You may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield for each free vote. So, how this can play out is <laughs> either you oath, you like Oath of Druids yourself for a bajillion creatures, or you show and tell... Yeah, it, not only that, single-sided yeah, show and tell. single-sided show and tell. It's just you. It's hilarious. Now, granted, if this is the last card in your hand, everyone's voting free and you're sad. Except for you, where you vote wild and you just flip. But if you have, like, any number of cards in hand, everybody has to be afraid of the free option. It's like a weird tooth and nail, but better. It's really weird. I'm really looking forward to playing with it. And also, remember, there's another card, too. That has a Salvala themed flavor that will probably be pretty awesome for this deck, but actually can't be played. Oh, which, which one was that? Him of the Wilds. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. It actually, conspiracy. it actually non-bows with that card. It does. That's kind of sad. It is a Mythic Conspiracy. That's our second one. We only had two. That and Sovereign's Realm. So this one is the first creature spell you cast each turn costs one mana less to cast. That's awesome. You can't cast instant or sorcery spells. That's probably okay. <laughs> Yeah, just hope to God that, like, 
you're you're going in on the him of the wilds deck with it being like your first pick and you just grab every mana dork you can and every creature and then oh. like enchantments and artifacts yeah just just don't draft any instant or sorceries instant or sorceries just, uh and a ruling by part, matt tayback the funny, the funny part get, is that you go you go tayback okay tayback said if you get two of them uh they do stack but they don't like alternate so your first creature spell would cost two less not your neck your first two creature spells cost one less yeah so another thing fun thing is too is just remember oh i had it and lost it darn oh yeah no it's just creatures you know just get them out there as soon as you can yeah because like you're you're cast like you can be casting big things faster than anyone else can so oh yeah you're going to be ahead of the curve and stuff like that it's going to be a heck of a card, especially Although, if you're, if, especially if you get that and like burgeoning. Oh yeah, that's what it was. So remember, this is a conspiracy. So you start the game with this face up in the command zone. So they're gonna, know, your opponents are gonna know about this, and they're going to know when you put this up face up that you don't have instant and sorceries in your. So there's gonna be like, they don't have to worry about counter spells. They don't have to worry about kill well, spells. You're fight probably spells. playing like green white or green red if you're doing this. Yeah, correct. But like that's the thing is you're, they already know. You're going to want, like, ETB effects that yeah. do stuff. Otherwise, you're basically hosing yourself. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem. It, it actually like, it, it's it, like, the oh, thing cool, is, I just, in, I just green, in green, you're missing out on Prey Upon, which is in the set. Strength in mm-hmm. Numbers, which is in the set. Um, you're missing out on Overrun. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that you could be doing with, with Instance of Sorceries that you know you need to be aware of. Need, uh, yeah, make so sure you, you don't you, get hosed. Yeah, so you need to prioritize stuff that does other things. Like monstrosity creatures, great, because a lot oh, yeah. of monstrosity triggers will do something. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Just, just, just something to think about with that. Yep. Uh, next cards we need to talk about are... Uh, well, actually, let's just go ahead and close it up, because we're at the hour mark now. Well, with, actually, uh, w- one thing before we go. I wanted to talk about a conspiracy cycle with you. Uh, the, uh, the cycle? The stan- yeah, the, the common conspiracy cycle. Oh right, right. The 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 ones where it's like you you name a hidden it's a hidden agenda, so you name a creature, and then you have to pay a mana of a color to do a thing. Right. So there are certain ones where basically you it helps if you prioritize drafting multiples of a creature. So the four there's one in each color. Adriana's Valor in white, hired heist in blue, assemble the rank and vile. Probably the best name, name. Best name in the set, most likely. Probably for pun wise, uh, in black. In incendiary descent in red and natural unity in green now the white one it these are all either like attack or deals combat damage or die triggers or in incendiary descent it's just like all of the they get fire breathing yeah so adriana's valor is whenever creature you control the chosen name attacks you pay white if you do that creature gains indestructible in time to turn hired heist says creature you control you know the chosen creature deals combat damage you may pay blue if you do draw a card Rank, example, rank of vial is ones that you with the chosen name die. You pay black. You put a two-two black zombie on the battlefield, so it you know helps replace itself for black. Incendiary descent. The obviously what John said red. This creature gains plus one plus zero. Oh, so basically, any creature with the same name does that. And natural unity says creatures you control the chosen name at the beginning of combat on your turn. You may pay green if you do put a plus one plus one counter on each creature. Now, I have kind of what I feel is the best one. What do you think, John? Which one's the best? Which one do you think has the most power behind it? Uh, hmm, interesting. Um, if I had to guess, it's either the blue one or the black one. I personally like the green one. I mean, the green one's also good. It does, like, each of these do very good things in their color. 
the white one is good because it makes your creature indestructible, but, you know, pe people can play around it. The red one is fire breathing, which, you know, you can just randomly get people with it if you're essentially mono red. Natural unity makes your creatures bigger, sure. But, like, the big things that matter in multiplayer magic is being able to use your cards effectively and getting two-for-ones. And having your creatures die into zombies or being able to draw extra cards is huge. Yeah. Like, the green... The, like, I like the natural unity just because it's it's the only one that's... Besides, like, I guess the draw card is a persistent effect of it. Yeah. I mean, your token get a 2-2 two, two zombie out of for the black one, but the, the... Remember with the Adrian's Valor, it's an activated thing that goes on the stacks. Remember, they can still kill it out from under that uh, indestructible yeah. like, thing. It doesn't be like, boop, it's indestructible. How you can't touch it. It's like... I pay white, trigger on the stack. Well, it's trigger on the stack. You, I haven't paid the white yet, and then they kill it, and then you're kind of you're still kind of sad, but you know. Yeah, when it attacks, the trigger to pay you go goes on the stack. Yeah, yeah. So it's like aha, you didn't get a chance to pay it. I mean, these are obviously not as good as the other conspiracies, but they have better effects because they're tied to a color. Yeah, and I I have to say the colored conspiracy frame. We mentioned it last episode, but oh, the conspiracy frame in general is just absurd. Mm, it's it's so choice. Good. So. And let's talk about one last conspiracy before we sign off, which is Emissary's Ploy, which... A.K.A. John Woo, the magic card? <laughs> Howard Lyon keeps killing art, as Vorthos Mike is, is oft to, to tell us. Um, it's featuring Leofold, framed as though he were a Christ-like figure, surrounded by doves. It's amazing. Uh, this one's not a hidden agenda. You start with it face up. Uh, before drawing your opening hand, you choose one, two, or three. Uh, you may spend manas that were mana of any color to cast creature spells with converted mana cost equal to the chosen number. Ideally, you know what this number is through deck construction. Uh, I would imagine three is the most popular number, and you just draft all the power for three drops. Or you just draft a bunch of bear, bear, uh, air, bear force one. Oh yeah, that's right. Bear force one is is a deck is a card or a deck you could literally build with that card where you just draft all the two drops. Doesn't doesn't matter. You're just drafting all the two drops, and it's yeah. just uh, you, you can. And the thing with cool with emissaries ploy is you can actually draft something like so. Say you end up picking that your first pack cool you're like you end up somehow in blue white cool pack two pick one grenzo havoc razor that's exactly the card i was thinking get of. in the deck buddy or you're playing a red green and you find a merfolk looter and you're just like get in my sleeves please yeah. um the, it's just there's just a lot of end up with a selvala or something like that and you're like three okay i'm white black get in there three i'm gonna name three yeah, but there's a lot of really sweet cards, and the, the conspiracies Leopold are awesome. Leovold is three. Leovold's also a three. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. Format's <laughs> so sweet. This format's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Now, I, might actually, I might actually be drafting it this weekend. I'm going to try to find time to draft it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how things... Some friends of mine uh, are having a draft at their house. Uh, ah. Fellow uh, podcaster and MTG, I guess, personality out there, uh, Hallie from the Girlfriend Bracket. All right. They're put, they put a call out to a bunch of local friends. We're like, hey, come draft at our house. I'm like, okay. Well, I know that the, the release, the launch party is on Saturday, so that's going to be a lot of fun, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, and well, this is like they want to either cube, draft conspiracy, draft the current draft set. So it's like either way, I can't go wrong with drafting on this weekend. So it's going to be great. Why not both? Um, uh, anyways. Those. Or at least those trace. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were going to do a Planeswalker Breakdown, but we are essentially out of time, and I would hate to take you guys over again another week. So we're going to go ahead and call it there. We might do the Planeswalker Breakdown next week with Kaya and Grenzo, because they are sweet. Anyways. Yeah, we already mentioned Kaya, but still, they're great cards. It's fun. So I'm looking forward to drafting this set. 
I am too. I really enjoyed for the original Conspiracy, and I can't imagine a way that I would enjoy this any less. Anyways, that is going to do it here for us this week on Eyes of the Mize. Ian, where can people find you? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. It's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. I'll be streaming yeah, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> the mumbles are intentional because, God, I don't know when the heck I'm going to be streaming again. So like I said, follow me on Twitter. I'll mention it. I do have to stream sometime this week because I got my uh, grab bags in. Nice, to see nice, if I nice. crack anything of any decent value this time. If you hear any popping, that's because there's fireworks going on outside my room. I don't Pop, know why uh, there's fireworks. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it's August. What the heck's going on? No, but uh, it's, it's Nashville. It's always weird. Anyway, John, where, where can they find you besides being in Nashville? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at JWiley129. You can also find me on Twitch by the same handle if I ever get around to streaming. Uh, remember that if you want to reach the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Eyes in the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can reach us on at email at Eyes in the Mize at gmail.com. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, Ian and I were recently discussing whether or not we want to do a, a mailbag episode, so your input is going to be very important on that episode. We'll so, be pinging across our multiple Twitter accounts. Yeah, we're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get it's going to get going to get hectic, yo. Uh, anyways, I don't care. I'm looking forward to it. So. Yep. And thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>